Hey everybody, I just want to take a moment and let you know about the success that I've found with Anchor. It was so easy for me to make a podcast because everything I needed was in one place. I don't have to have a minimum amount of downloads or subscribers to monetize the creative work that I'm doing. It makes sharing my cause, my message, really easy. And that's what's most important to me. So if you have a message, if you have a business that you want to get out there and make the podcast listening community aware of, then download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm glad I did, and I recommend you do the same. Welcome to the Weedworks podcast, where we talk about everything working in marijuana. I'm your host, Matt Hoffman. Today is Newbie Tuesday, where we take calls from people that don't have any experience in the cannabis industry that want to get in. And we have a call with Connor, who will graduate from college this year and is looking for an internship in cannabis. If you have questions about getting a job in the cannabis industry at any level, then call us at 616 616- two zero six three two four zero that's our in-studio hotline it's six one six two zero six three two four zero our studio hours are tuesday through thursday twelve fifteen to two p.m eastern standard time or you can send us an email at contact at rcannabis.org that's O-U-R, cannabis.org, and we will answer your questions because we want to see you working in the cannabis field. Okay, let's jump into the call with Connor. Hello, this is Matt. Hey, Matt, this is Connor. Hey, Connor, how you doing? Oh, another day at the office for me. Okay, so I got a couple of questions for you. I was happy to hear that you had some questions prepared for me, so that's always exciting. Um, <clears throat> first, so yeah, I mean, thanks for thanks for doing the podcast. That's that's pretty cool. It will help a lot of people because a lot of people will have the same questions that you have. So yeah. good on you for for taking the step. You're the first intern that's called in, so you have that honor. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. So give me a little bit of background. What's your what's your story? That's Professor John Lipford at Grand Valley State University. I was invited to be a guest lecturer at that class, so that was 
that was pretty cool, and it was full circle to think that Grand Valley was holding a, a cannabis class. Yeah. The class has been full up <laughs> since he introduced it, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. So you don't have any background or experience in cannabis? No, not really at all. Like obviously, I know about the the industry a little bit, but there's I have no work experience or anything like that. Do you think that that is a impediment? Do you think that's required to work in the industry? Based on what I've seen on like applications and things like that, honestly, yes. Unless you want to work at like a receptionist or something like that. If you want to be like what I've looked at, bug tenders and things like that, they normally require at least one year experience in the industry, and so it's kind of difficult to get a foot in if you don't have any experience. Yeah. So where have you tried? Uh, so I. I mean, I tried on Handgrown Jobs, which is your guys' website. Yep. Uh, I believe Green Koi um, and places like that. There, it wasn't really about about like I haven't tried that many places, but it was more of just I'm curious to see if internships are offered and how that would work regarding students because that's relatively a new thing. <clears throat> To answer that question, it's something that a lot of the businesses are interested in in setting up internships. There's definitely value in it for them because you know, it's it's low cost labor, <laughs> um, and and the incentive for the interns is you get your foot in the door and you start to develop some of those those connections and resources. And a lot of great careers have been built on successful internships. So there's incentives for both parties. What I've seen is the desire from a lot of businesses to set up internship programs. But they they get stuck in their in their launch pattern, and there are things that are on the we must do this list, and there are things on the okay we can put that on the back burner, and the internships seem to fall into the back burner. That's something that I I'm pushing for because it's a good thing, and it, it the interns yeah, it have, would definitely I feel like it would help the industry a lot, especially with getting audience in yeah. working in that industry and a more widespread, especially with students. Yeah. And the interns of today are the leaders of tomorrow. So let's get people, yeah. let's get people in the ranks. And so that leads me <laughs> to, to one of my next questions is tell me what stigmas you've faced since you decided to get into the field. Uh, what is your family thought? What is your friends thought? What's your feelings about it? And I, I guess um, this, how old are you, Connor? So I am, about to turn 21 actually this Sunday. All right. (laughs) In-house individual party. Sweet. (laughs) Yeah, so, um, yeah, 21st birthday thing is going to be interesting. Yeah. Quarantine going on. Um, But with the stigmas, I know, I've told my parents that I'm looking for internships in this industry. They seem to be fine with it. Then again, I, I mean, I haven't really had like a heart or anything like that. It's just kind of incantable conversation. Yeah. So I know my dad is a little bit more supportive of it than my mom. My mom's in the uh, traditional, was in the traditional healthcare industry. Uh, so she obviously has stigmas of, I mean, smoking in general, but also the hallucinogenic portion and things like that. With that being said, I mean, most of my friends, with Grand Rapids especially being decriminalized to a point and Grand Valley being a very liberal college. Um, most of my friends are 
very okay with it. Uh, some of my friends have med cards. Some of my friends uh, go to recreation. I know someone who works in the industry, um, but I, I mean, I haven't talked to her in a while. It's very accepting in the friend basis. I would be a little bit nervous to tell my extended family <laughs> because yeah. that's where it gets a little bit more conservative. So that's, that would be a very interesting conversation to have. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was uh it was interesting Christmases and reunions for me. Uh they yeah. they're like, Wow, Matt, you're you're a drug dealer. <laughs> We're proud of you. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You are right, Aunt Jack, and I mean uh, Aunt Susie and Uncle Jack, I'm a drug dealer, yeah. <laughs> for sure. You nailed it. <laughs> Good talk, nice catching up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, okay, so why why cannabis and why why not more of a traditional lane? Like Dive a little bit deeper into that. Like, what's what's the draw? What's the appeal? Why? I mean, there's a little bit of appeal with it being a new industry, with it being a new thing. There's that excitement still of what it what it involves into this business. How can it how can it grow? How can it be in the hospitality industry? So with like possibilities of smoke lounges and possibilities of even like bakeries that include cannabis in their food, even to the point where we could get to hotels or resorts or something like that that have that core, like, cannabis sales. It's really interesting to see how this new industry, this new development could affect the hospitality industry as a whole. And so in order to kind of get in front of that trend, that's where the draw is, to explore this area that's relatively new in a ancient industry of hospitality yeah okay so what do you want to do what do you want to do now and what's the what's your end game if you have one in mind so i mean now i really just want to learn so if it's like learning how to bug time learning learning how to grow learning how to i mean even with like the receptionist or something like that learning those skills and how the industry handles that is really what I want to do. Even with, like, if it's production of oils, production of, like, vapes, production So of, you don't care. You just want in. Yeah, it, it's really just a learning experience at this point. Um, and then where I would want to go would depend on what I learned there. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a wide open field, that's for sure. And there are a lot of positions that when you look at job descriptions, they don't exist yet. And that's one of the, that's one of the major appeals to a lot of people is opportunity and the discovery to find out something that you can create and make your own and go, you know what, I, I, I'm strong in this and I'm strong in that and I'm interested in this other thing. So that's what I'm going to do. So what are some of the things that you've heard about the industry that are concerning to you? Is that they don't want to get in trouble with the federal government at all, especially with 
away from them if they get into trouble federally. Okay, so just just general jeopardy um, from the federal yeah, government's it, position. I mean, it's, yeah, it's very much the the push of uh, pressure of like getting in trouble, obviously. Because if it was completely legalized, then I'm sure everyone that it would just be a normal industry, as normal as an industry can be. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That uh, that that'll be a day when the cannabis industry is a normal industry. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a surprise. Yeah. Do you think that you're taking risks by getting in the cannabis industry by by just getting in and exploring it as as an intern? Do you think that's a risk to you? Um, not necessarily. So obviously, there's some underlying fear. Doing research, doing and knowing that. I mean, it's legitimate business in Michigan, I feel like while there is some underlying fear of what may happen, the chances of that are rather small. And so getting into this industry would be the right thing to do at this point. Yeah. And especially with its its recent designation by Michigan and by many other states deeming the cannabis industry as essential. So yeah. Did that did that move the needle for you at all when when the state said out of all the industries that that are essential, cannabis and access to marijuana is? Did that make you more confident moving into this space, or what's did that affect any well, of your decisions? Made, I guess it made me more confident in Michigan's ruling. As if you think about cannabis, it's like a pharmacy at this point in Michigan, where you need your prescription in order to survive a lot of the times. And so it deeming, uh, Michigan deeming the industry essential makes sense in that scientific standpoint. So, yeah, I mean, it does move the meter a little bit. It lets you know where Governor Whitmer's thinking is in regarding to the industry. Yeah, when that happened, I... I emailed Director Brisbo and I said, who do I thank for this? Because there's a, there's a ton of job seekers out there and business owners that, that would happily send a, a thank you note. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the industry would have been toast, just, just like so many other businesses are right now. But the cannabis industry, oh, yeah. because huh. it burns so much cash. It, people don't really know how much money it costs to even set up a small operation and how yeah. many sustained months it takes to spend more and more money without bankruptcy protections, without write-offs, without a lot of the things that traditional businesses have access to, to be deemed non-essential without any of those protections. Oh my God, that would have, oh yeah. man, that would have been there so was. bad. So Yeah, it would have been cut out the bud, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, you know, a lot of the businesses right now, like all the other businesses are, are scrambling to find cash and and sure up their investments and their operations and the bigger players are the ones that are really not in jeopardy but are the ones that are feeling the most pressure and yeah. the bigger companies are the ones that employ people the most and those are the people that already have internship programs up so <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah. yeah so about the internship, I saw on your resume, are you here in Grand Rapids? Or are you in Benton Harbor? And where would you be interested in doing the internship? So I 
have a permanent residence in Benton Harbor. Okay. Um, that's why that is kind of on my resume. Okay. Um, I currently live in Grand Rapids. I go to school in Grand Valley. Yep. Um, at their downtown location, and I live right in the heart of downtown Grand Rapids. So, so you I, do, so you don't want to commute to Benton Harbor for an internship. <laughs> no, no, I would not. God, that'd be, that would suck. That would suck so bad. <laughs> oh. Okay, so, you know what, I, I've got another question. So with coronavirus and what's happening in hospitality, what's your take on it? I mean, you're you're in the hospitality and tourism industry, so, and, and you studied it. So give me your take. What do you think the lasting impacts of the coronavirus are going to be, and where are the opportunities for hospitality and tourism with cannabis, where's the rebound? So, with the the general tourism industry in general is pretty much shut down. Um, the only thing that are really open are hotels. Um, restaurants are all closed unless they are takeout only. Um, while actually fast food restaurants are doing rather well, from what I've heard, um, there almost always seems to be a line outside almost every fast food establishment. Yeah. Um, the general sit down and eat restaurants have really been struggling because I, I maybe maybe besides Buffalo Wild Wings and things like that, um, where you can like Grubhub or Uber Eats it or DoorDash it. And those delivery services are helping a lot of local businesses, but with restaurants a lot of them are closed. Like, the restaurant that I work at currently is closed. Um, I know there's a restaurant up the street that's struggling to get takeout business, but along with that, the events industry is completely shut down. This is, I mean, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars for certain companies that were canceled in business. Like, I know uh, DeVos Place, which is a huge venue in downtown Grand Rapids, canceled all of their, like, uh, trade shows, all of their, like, smaller shows, all the symphonies and all that. Yeah. And so that loses a ton of business for them. They're just sitting on 30,000 square feet of space and have nothing to do. And hotels are still struggling. They're at, like, 1% to 2% occupancy, which, and maybe some hotels have, like, five employees that are actively employed at this time. Where cannabis kind of comes into play with that is that, say, if a hotel or, say, if a restaurant was partnered with something in the cannabis industry, they would probably be deemed essential because that may be where someone gets their cannabis for, like, pain or something like, or anxiety, I think, where those places would still be open while still in a limited capacity, it would be more likely that they would still be in business and probably getting more active business than they are at the moment. I feel like cannabis is in a special place where it's in between the medical industry and the tourism industry where it can be combined into both. And that's why it would be deemed essential for that. Okay, so where is the opportunity if say you become an intern and you say, hey, I've got the entrepreneur bug. Based on your experience working in the hospitality and tourism industry and your education, where do you go from there? Where do you see the opportunities 
on the rebound? And do you think events are going to be, do you think people are experience deprived at this point? With everything being shut down, there's more than likely going to be a boom of events and a boom of just activities for people to do because they're all stuck at home. There's going to be, as soon as the quarantine lifts and restaurants open, there's going to be a flooding of people because they want to actually do something for once. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where the opportunity is for interns and things like that, especially in the hospitality industry, uh, but also in other industries as well. Um, I mean, if you take, say, an engineering student who may be like a mechanical engineer or, or something like that, and you put them in this industry, say, in production, they may come up with a new company that makes machines that fills, fill like bait pods or, say, synthesizes the oils better or something like that. With the industry becoming more and more well-known, more and more people are going to be drawn to it and see how they can improve the industry. With hospitality, it's, it is those partnerships with maybe not food additives because that's regulated by the FDA, but just those edibles, those like experiences that you can have say in restaurants or those lounges that you have that could be similar to bars that industry could grow right alongside the hospitality industry and the people who are thinking of that are going to be the ones who be successful yeah so i'm going to change gears a little bit do you feel like there's a lot of competition to become an intern or to get a job in the industry Interesting. Out of... Uh... I, I guess I should clarify, sorry. It's not going to bring in too much competition until it's more well-established. Yeah, it, right now, and for the recent past, the people that just have a willingness to get into the space, whether they're experienced or not, uh, they're the people that are really having the significant advantages. You know, the people that are, again, and it sounds so whimsical and dreamy, like... You start as a fry cook and then you can be the CEO. Like it sounds like such bullshit, but it's it's not because the industry it's not a national industry and there's no ubiquity from state to state. And as we move in in our lifetime, most certainly in our lifetime, we'll see some sort of a national cannabis reform. There will be opportunities abound, and the people that have the experience 
and have the relationships and the connections, because that's really important, they'll be yeah. the people that will ascend to the ranks because they'll have the experience in a legitimate market. So I was that's one of the questions that I ask everybody is, does experience matter? And the answer is, yeah, of course. In some positions, yeah, for sure. But by and large, when someone wants a job in the cannabis industry, companies make a decision in two forms, and there's no middle ground. And you'll find out that there's not really a lot of middle ground in cannabis in general. So m companies in one camp will say, look, we don't want anyone with any experience. We don't want any baggage, almost like the military, where if you're too old, we're not going to take you. They want people that they can shape and mold and to get onto their systems. And then there's the other camp that says, hey, you've been growing weed for 20 years and you're a wild person. Hell yeah, we want someone that knows what they're doing and you tell us what to do. So it's either all the experience in the world or none at all. So it it's yeah. not really at this point a disadvantage. The only real disadvantage that a job seeker at any level in the industry has is apprehensions about getting into the industry. So touching back on something you mentioned earlier about concerns with the federal government intervening, if they, let's say if they were if they were to do that, then yeah. they wouldn't come after Connor the intern. They wouldn't they wouldn't come after Tim the general manager. They would come after Matt the owner or Matt the principal investor. That's who they come after. You'd just be out of a job if if that were to happen. So would everybody else, but that level of calamity is, if I was a betting man, and I typically am not, I would put a significant amount of chips on that not happening. There's there's bigger fish to fry than the marijuana industry. Yeah. So I think we're safe in that regard. So, okay, what what can I do for you? How can I help you, Connor? I, like, I have a couple questions. Yep, I, fire away. You have a couple questions for me? Yep. Um, with many students being under 21, like I am now, but soon not to be, yep. um, how is the industry possibly expanding to include minors for work opportunities similar to bars that are employing minors that are serving alcohol or, or something like that, where that's where more of the student base is? How could the industry expand to include that? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a great question. And the answer is to all the cannabis operators, owners, and investors out there, Hire your lobbyists, pay your lobbyists, and go and lobby uh, your local, uh, your your state legislature and make the case and say, hey, we need to bring these young people in, these 18-year-olds, and make sure that we can start to develop a vocation because that's what a cannabis career is, and make sure that those opportunities are are there for people that are adults that that want to pursue a cannabis career. That's That's the first thing. The next thing is, as it is right now, and my understanding has been that anyone who is under 21 can't work in the industry. Now, if that's changed, then I'll eat crow. But it's one of those things where once you turn 21, then you stop caring. <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of the truth, um, just, just candidly. So the fact that you're going to be 21 on Sunday, <laughs> hooray, it's not your problem anymore. <laughs> but... But but to answer your question, yeah, that, that would have to be something that the the regulatory agencies would have to make a change, or there'd have to be, depending on what state, uh, there may have to be like an amendment, or um, or some sort of a petition or something like that. It just depends on on where they're at. But that that what you're asking is 
something that would have to be granted permission from the powers to be whatever powers they are. And the only way to really affect that is to really have a conversation with with your professors and let the university fight that fight for you. It, it, universities have so much more power and these other organizations have so much more power because of the uh, consortiums that they're in that they can affect much more, uh, a, a greater effect in any policy than than us going and waving flags and picketing at the Capitol could. I think it's reasonable to think that as more universities, specifically in Michigan, come online with curriculum based around cannabis, that they would want that normalized educational pathway for their students to participate in internships just like in any other program. I think that's a matter of time. And what you may find out, and you'll occupy this boat with myself and with everybody else, is that there there is a ton of things that ought to be done in the cannabis space and they ought to be done now. <laughs> they ought to have been done a while ago, mm-hmm. but <laughs> they're, they're, they're nuanced or non-issues and not to downplay the significance of any of those things because they are, there again are bigger fish to fry where the, the powers to be or be it universities, be it the legislatures, be it the industry, the lobbying organizations, they either aren't aware of these issues, which is why advocacy is such an important part of cannabis, or they go, yeah, okay, cool, well, we, we hear that, but you know, we've, we're dealing with this bigger issue over here right now, and we'll get back to you, which means fuck off. Uh, so <laughs> that's the, the roundabout answer to that, and it, I believe in a matter of time, now whether it's 10 years or 20 years or, or three years, that that problem will remedy itself. But, but for you, wait till Sunday and you're good. Yeah, the universities are not going to send you to some place that would jeopardize their federal monies. I, I didn't, you know, I, I I dropped out of college to to grow weed, so I don't, I'm not familiar with an internship program. But you would have to seek permission from someone in the university to say, hey, I want to go and be an intern at Steelcase. I want to go be an intern at Green Peak, and they say, oh well. What does Steelcase or what does Green Peak do? Well, Steelcase make chairs and Green Peak grows weed. Someone has to sign off and, and say, yeah, that's cool. You can go and work there, don't they? Yeah. Okay. So they would. And okay, so order of operations. Is that a conversation you've had with, what is it, like a career counselor at the school? Or who is it that, that yeah, you would talk I, I've to? I've already had this conversation with the, <clears throat> my team. Yeah. And they, they had... Did they say, hey, you know, Connor, that's a good that's a good question. As they scratch their head, let me get back with you. Or did they say, no, go forth and have fun? Uh, they, they pretty much said, no, go for it. Oh, 
Well, I think that's your answer. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah. So I was I was doing my taxes yesterday, and a question popped up and said, "Are you a participant in a, in the Michigan regulated marijuana industry?" And I went, "Whoa, that's cool to see that question there." So there's definitely strong signals, and I think with Professor Lipford having the hospitality and tourism management class with an emphasis on cannabis. These are conversations that have been had within the school administrators and all that stuff has been flushed out. So yeah, I, I, if, if the school has said go for it, then go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. In a word, in a few more words, but yeah. Yeah. Huh, well, um, cool. I'm learning something from you. That's awesome. Yep. Um, with the jobs that are more entry level in this industry and student workers being normally filling those entry level positions, what would those entail? What does, what did those entry level positions entail in this industry? <laughs> okay, so I, I prefer to be candid about most things and um you know, you're, you're going to eat shit or, or do the bitch work or go get coffee or do whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to pay your dues no matter where you're at. doesn't matter <laughs> when you come in as, as the bottom guy, you do whatever you're told, you know, and, and you know, within, yeah. within reason, within the law, of course, the truth is, is that when you get a job as entry level, you're being evaluated on a whole different set of criteria. A buddy of mine has a business and he has an internship program and, and we we just we talk about it as interns all the time because it's it's interesting what people think they're being judged on and it it's not typically your your attitude and your willingness to do things and your go-getterness if someone's a go-getter they could they could fuck things up left and right but if they're if they're putting energy and effort into something that's what people really want to look for so what you can expect is anything that's thrown at you it could be menial tasks that nobody else wants to do that they're just passing the buck to, or it could be something yeah. where you could have an opportunity to contribute. A lot of companies bring in interns because they can pass off menial tasks to them to do, because um, that's the name of the game. But a lot of companies bring in interns also because you guys have young, fresh minds that aren't yet jaded, and and also because typically interns are younger people, you guys have a different perspective on things. And so there's an ability to lend some insight and some creativity and some problem solving to some issues. I mean, I wouldn't expect to sit in on executive meetings or or board meetings or anything like that, but it can be a full spectrum. And I think the more that an intern puts into it, the more they get out of it. I went to school with a guy that they both had the same job and one just drove around in a golf cart and pretended to tell people what to do. And the other one was out doing a bunch of work. And the one that was doing the work, just he just kind of just did what he was told and just kept working. And he ended up moving way up the ladder and having a career while the other guy ended up in a whole nother industry not doing anything with it. And it was just a simple application of effort. So I know that's a really roundabout way to answer your question about what you would expect to get as an intern. And But that's the truth is each company is going to have different things. And they're going to have different expectations. But the best way to get a job is to go there and just bust your ass as an intern. And and then go, hey, you know what? My internship's coming to an end. I'd like to come on as X, Y, and Z or whatever. 
the, the real opportunity is you meet people that are in the industry and you get a pretty candid view of what's happening. So you want to form, you don't need to be friends with people. I mean, professional relationships aren't necessarily friendships. They can be, but you want to most certainly develop those professional relationships with people in a genuine way and start to build your network. So if later you have a job or something like that, then you can call on a on someone that you intern with and say, hey, can you vouch for me on this? Or, hey, you know, I, I heard your company's hiring. Do you think you could get me in? Or, or this, that, and the other. That's really the opportunity is you get to kind of peek behind the curtain on operations, and then you get to form those relationships. So what to expect? Get coffee, take out the garbage, do menial tasks. But the smarter companies will, will uh, hire janitors to do that, and they'll probably put the interns to work. I mean, you went to school, you've got experience, you've bettered yourself, like you, you put aces in their places. So you want to find someone. And that's a question that you would ask during the interview. I mean, you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. So yeah. you ask that question, you say, what is your program here? And what is it that you, you know, am I here to be your janitor or am I here to do something more useful and not to discount janitors because we love you, but yeah. Um, yeah, so did that answer your question? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did. It definitely did. I mean, it, it sounds like it's very similar to, I mean, any other industry where you could be doing 50 different tasks in a day yeah. and then sitting behind the desk the next. Yeah. Um, it, it's really up to the, uh, I mean, the owner and your boss. Yeah. And, and take initiative, you know, it's, if you see something, then, then try it and ask a bunch of questions. I mean, the way that I got going in, in, in this industry was I was so fucking annoying that people would, would answer me just to get rid of me. So <laughs> perseverance definitely pays off. So ask a bunch of questions. And then my recommendation is dress smart. And you want to dress so you fit in, but dress, dress up, you know, take yourself seriously, present professionally, don't get too comfortable, don't get too loose, you know, with, with your colleagues. And um, I would say just keep everything really professional and serious and conduct yourself seriously. That's something that the industry is, but a lot of people may not understand that cannabis is incredibly serious business. And you'll find the people that are the most successful conduct themselves with the most serious attitudes. And, and I don't mean you have to be a brick wall of, of, of emotion or anything like that. But if you show a seriousness and a dedication to whatever it is you're doing, then people higher up the ladder will go, okay, yeah, this kid gets it. Like, all right, it's work, it's work ethic. I mean, there's no secret sauce to any of this. You know, this is... This is stuff you see on yeah. those shitty motivational posters all over the place, but it's true. Right. What else? What other questions do you have? Uh, that was all that I had really prepared. Um, we answered my other question kind of in conversation. Okay. Do you have any questions for me kind of off the bat or? Yeah. So... What type of company do you want to work for? Do you want to work for like a little mom and pop shop? Do you want to work for a, a larger, more sophisticated organization? Do you not care at all? 
Uh, I mean, I having minimal experience, I would probably, what I've always discovered is that it's always easier to move from a corporation to a smaller, okay. to a smaller industry. So say working at a corporate hotel rather than a boutique hotel. Um, it's always easier to go one way than the other. Yeah. Um, so personally, I'd probably rather start in a more corporate setting or a more institutionalized setting or choice of words, but yep. um, where the, there's a groundwork for everything. And then if that doesn't fit me, then try a mom and pop shop and see where that goes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what are you doing right now to increase your knowledge base? There's always things like Wikipedia where <laughs> you can learn. <laughs> I mean, like it, it sounds like in college they tell you never to use Wikipedia because it's always an unreliable source. Right. But, I mean, there's blogs, there's Wikipedia articles over different kinds of strains, what processes are used to synthesize uh, certain things, like ways of baking, ways of like smoking, things like that. Um, and that's almost always knowledge that you want to learn, especially if you don't know the industry very well. Um, so reading up on that, having, I mean, I have friends that grow their own marijuana, and so you can ask them and see, like, how certain things are doing, if they're doing hydro, or if they're doing just traditional in a pot growing outside. Yeah. So, you know, when I when I was your age, I had no idea what the hell I wanted to be when I grew up, so um, I'm not... I'm not putting that expectation on you, but I am curious in that when when I listen to you and I think about the sheer scope of the industry, I understand discovery, but being an, an extraction artist or being a grower or being a provisioning center manager are wholly different skill sets. And so... Really, what I what I found is you should base your career off your interests. And if you don't know what those are, then you know you're you're in the club with ninety percent of the world, and that's fine. Yeah. In the time that it will take to to find these internships and things like that, I would I would Wikipedia, I would YouTube, I would find some resources. We'll have some resources coming out on ourcannabis.org that that could help you those. Those are being developed now, but I would, I would start to dive a little bit deeper and see if you're really interested in continuing with hospitality and working kind of front of the house, or if you want to be in a garden, just explore as much as you can. I mean, there's, there's not really going to be any bad experience, whether you intern at a provisioning center or a grow facility, but you could... You can more focus your path. If you go, you know what? I I tried. I looked into growing weed, and I don't like it, and I suck at it. And I have no interest in it. Well, then you know, okay, I'm not going to go and and get an entry level position yeah. at a cultivation facility. So and, that's and also I I feel like I mean if you're a student, you should probably start with the industry or start at the place that's most comfortable to you. Yeah. Especially if you're uncertain. So if you're hospitality based, then yeah, start front of the house start as reception start as blood tending but like like be that from the house person because that's familiar to you if you're familiar with biology then maybe 
go to a cultivation plant. If you're billet, like familiar with engineering, then do something related to that. Yep. And then if you don't like it, then change. Yeah. So when I looked at your resume, it was clear to me like where you would where you would easily easily yeah easily that's not even a word <laughs> easiest. <laughs> um, now, so when I looked at your resume, where you would fit easiest is in a provisioning center. Your, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just clear that your your resume is just so focused on hospitality and and tourism and and really in hotels and and service yeah. that the truth is is that with that level of experience that you have, you could be a receptionist at a provisioning center very easily. You could probably be a bud tender very easily. That's, you know, it, it, I, I noticed that you worked at a brewery. So when mm-hmm. you started working there, I don't know how much you knew about beer or anything like that, but after a, a month or so, you probably knew everything about that brewery that there could be known and you could convey that to a customer. Same thing with, yeah. with marijuana. So, yeah. So, okay. So, rubber meeting the road. There's there's a company here in town that definitely has a lot more of that corporate structure. And mm-hmm. as soon as we jump off the as soon as we jump off this call, I'm going to reach out to their human resources director and just see okay. if they have a internship program. And if they don't, then I'm going to kick them in the ass and tell them to do it. And <laughs> that will be probably the the lowest hanging fruit for you right now would be this company here in Grand Rapids. And, uh, okay. and what would that company be called? Yeah, it's, it's, it's flourish on, uh, on hall street. I, I, I know their executive team and I've known them for years. They're fantastic. They're a great company. They're, they're big enough, but not too big. And, um, and I just, I, I just think they're good people. I like them. So, I'm curious to know with them, it's a matter of time that they would have an internship program. I just need to know whether they have it now or where they're at with it. And then, mm-hmm. and then, you know, get them, get them to move on it from there. So, I mean, that's, that's right here on hall street, which is no more than, well, if you live, you live downtown, like in winter hall or something. Uh, so I, I live in an apartment. Yeah. Right Okay, so yeah, it's like a mile and a half away from wherever you are. So that's the okay. yeah. Let me all right. The there are some other companies that one may be opening. I'm not familiar with with those owners, so I've got to introduce myself to them. The other companies right now are struggling, and Grand Rapids has not made it easy for them to open. And so I wouldn't hold my breath as far as you know that, but I, I guess the the biggest thing is when when are you looking to do this internship? Like next week, six months from now, a year so from now? What's the I timeline? Mean, it, it's established in the summer for Grand Valley. Okay. So starting May like eighth or something like that, the Grand Valley classes start for the summer and spring semester. Okay. Yeah, so if you could if you could start in the summer, then that would be. Yeah. Yeah, and how long do internships typically last? Like two or three months, just a semester, right? Uh, yeah, so around three months. They they can last longer. It's really just a number of hours. Yeah. Okay. So for our inter- 
internship, we need 400 hours. Okay, well, again, you're teaching me things. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, any other thoughts, questions, concerns? Okay, cool. I'd just like to thank you. Yeah. This is yeah. a big opportunity, and I really appreciate it. Well, yeah, I mean, good on you. I mean, happy to provide the help, and good on you. I mean, you're the one that reached out to me and, and made the call, and that's a, that's a huge difference between the people that get what they want and the people that don't is the people that get what they want, they take a chance, and they put in the effort, and they take risks. I mean, you didn't know me from, from Boo, so good on you for, <laughs> for calling, and I'm glad that it was helpful, and anything that I can do in the future to help you, I will. You've got my, you've got my number, you've got my email, and as questions come up, yeah. then most certainly give me a call. What I'd like to do, I mean, this is, this is my objective moving forward, is to reach out to Flourish, see where they're at, and incentivize them to, to either set up their program or begin setting up their program. And what I'd like to do is find you something here in Grand Rapids and then follow up with you and go, okay, well, this was a conversation with Connor when he wanted to be an intern. Okay. Well now Connor has been an intern at a company for a week. Well, how's it going, Connor? <laughs> like, and, yeah, that sounds good. yeah. And just, and just touch base every two and a half weeks, three weeks, and just basically have a conversation about what your experience has been, how your perceptions have changed, what you've learned. And that's a huge resource because for you calling me, there's there's 300 people out there that have the exact same questions as you that wouldn't call in. So you're doing all of them a huge favor by by calling in and having this conversation publicly. And I can tell you with a certainty that that will make a significant difference in your competitive advantage in getting a position over someone who didn't. So for the people that that want that advantage, then you can call into the podcast. It's 616-206-3240, Tuesdays through Thursdays, Eastern Standard Time, 12.15 to 2 p.m., and you can have a conversation like Connor and I had. It doesn't have to be an hour conversation. It could be two questions and KFA can see you, or it could be an hour. We've got your resume, Connor. I'm going to ship that over to my mom and have her take a look at it. She'll probably send you an email with some red line recommendations of things to adjust to make it look more congruent or more professional or more focused. We'll have that over to you in a couple of days. So best of luck. And if you need anything, give me a holler. Yeah, I will. Okay, well, enjoy the rest of your afternoon and, and happy birthday. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Okay, so that was our interview with Connor and... This is our after interview review. Yay! After interview review. After interview review. So this is the time where we talk about the interview that we just had. And I just give you just, just a hot take. Candid thoughts about the conversation. And yeah, I like I like Connor. And I like that he sent me a couple email volleys. And he said, well... Okay, I'm I'm game to participate in the podcast, which I really appreciate. And he said, "So, should I prepare questions or should I just shoot off the cuff?" And I said, "Yeah. Preparation is the prerequisite to any successful endeavor. So, prepare your questions and also shoot from the cuff too as things come up. Then let's have that conversation." But that I like that he said, "Okay, this thing is coming up and 
let me prepare for this. And I like that he has questions prepared and he was, he was ready. It was interesting to me, whenever I talk to people, I just kind of like to, to probe around and ask questions and see how they think and where they're at. And yeah, I think that Connor is young and with him putting in the effort that he's putting in now, which is the big difference maker, that if he was so inclined to work in the industry, then then he could be successful. And that's exciting to me. I mean, this is this is fun to me. This doesn't really feel like work because this is what I've chosen to do with my life is to help other people. And I think that if Connor found what was specifically interesting to him in the industry, then he could pursue that as far as he wanted. Connor's young, just like we all were once. And I think that he is doing the right thing by exploring and having discovery and figuring out what his interests are and maybe where that can turn into a career. So good on you, Connor. If you want to participate in the podcast, it's just basically a conversation just like we've had. I'll be as candid as I can possibly be. Possibly be. If I don't know something, I'll tell you. And more often than not, I'm probably going to learn something from you, which is exciting for me. If you'd like to call into the podcast, the phone number for our studio line is 616-206-3240. Once again, 616-206-3240. And that connects you to me Tuesday through Thursday from noon to two and we can talk about all things working in the marijuana field this has been matt hoffman this has been a pretty ple uh, yeah <laughs> i was gonna say this has been a pretty clean podcast without a lot of bloopers until the very last thing i said so there's a blooper for you if you want access to resources like some of the things that i had discussed with connor our website is our cannabis.org and make sure that you subscribe to this podcast because you'll need to be subscribed to access some of the resources that we're developing like how to be a bud tender or how to get in the cannabis industry the digital resources that we'll have there will help answer some of those some of those questions and give you an advantage in the workplace those are under development now and as we move forward those resources will be available but you want to make sure that you subscribe that way when they are available then you'll be able to just pass right through the portal and have access to those resources if you're not subscribed to the podcast then you won't have access to the resources and that's the way it is so pretty simple simple ask it costs nothing to access those resources these are made available to you guys through the generous endowments and donations made to the nonprofit organization called Our Cannabis. That's what funds this this free resume help hotline and the Weed Works About Everything Working in Marijuana podcast. So we want to thank everybody who supports the nonprofit organization. If you would like to support the work that we're doing ensuring equal employment opportunities in cannabis, then feel free to reach out to us at ourcannabis.org and we can provide all the necessary information to support the mission of making sure that anyone who wants a cannabis career has access to the resources to get that cannabis career growing. So thanks for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.